Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of That 80s Child, The Generation Y. And my name is Gabrielle. Welcome to episode nine. I'm pretty proud of myself for continuing on with this. I wasn't entirely sure how this podcast was going to go. I have one more to do, and that will end this season, and then I'll pick it back up in the new year. I hope you've enjoyed it thus far. Please check out um, my blog, and I will be also posting another series uh, about like the paranormal and stuff like that, but that's still kind of like in the works. I've had a lot of stuff that I've been doing at home. So in this episode, I will be discussing communication and how it's changed over the years. I was trying to find some like interesting, intricate things to discuss because nostalgia, as you know, it's history. Therefore, there's nothing new about it. It's just discussing things that already have been. So eventually this pool of nostalgia will eventually run out. So I'm just trying to find some like different ways to come about it to get a little bit more length out of it. So communication. We all had landlines at some point, obviously. Being born in 83, you had probably a kitchen phone that was on the wall that had a super long coiled cord that could go into a couple of different rooms if you really wanted it to. We had that at my old house in Southampton. Uh, I never really used that phone. I don't know if I ever actually talked on it. I can't remember. I was six when we moved, so. But it was there. I know my mom used it, and there was a really long, tangled cord. My dad actually even had a rotary phone, beautiful, ornate uh, rotary phone. I, I don't know what happened to that. It might have stayed at that house. I'm not entirely sure, but it was beautiful, and I been wanting to see about getting another rotary phone not to use but to have like I have um, an old typewriter from the 1930s that I have sitting as like a display piece but it does work uh, the ribbon works every all the, the I can type a story if I really wanted to and type about my podcast on it I love I love old things like that and I do want to get a, a a rotary phone and I think my son actually really wants to get another one too because getting him into like all this antique stuff, which I'm happy about. So landlines are kind of obsolete now. I don't, I know a few people who still have like a home phone, like that's attached to the house. It's not a cell phone or it's not a virtual phone. And uh, some people just have that because it's been in that house for ever. And if they've lived in that house for a very long time, then it really doesn't go anywhere. You just kind of keep paying the bill and going along with it. So eventually phones uh, turned in, they, we did have cell phones back in the 80s, and of course they were like ginormous cell phones. The first cell phone that my family had was a, a little bit slimmer than the ones that came out in the 80s, but it was still a brick, super heavy, and the only times that it was used is if my mom and dad were out for any length of time and to be able to contact me or my brother or whoever was watching us at the time. Because back then, the use of a cell phone was, I th- believe, fairly expensive. I didn't pay the bill. It was my dad's. But it was used for emergency calls only. It wasn't just to be, like, texting. It didn't really have that feature, I don't think. I know that in high school, people had beepers. I did not have the beeper. There was nobody that needed to beat me for anything. <laughs> and I know that in the early 2000s, people were having, like, you know, your your the cell phones, that the flip phones and the 
Motorola Razor, Blackberries, and things where you know, I actually had the only thing that I had that was advanced in technology besides my computer and gaming systems. I had a PDA, and I still have it somewhere, but I have it, and it still works. And I think it was a compact PDA, and I, f I thought it was awesome. It was just a portable touch screen uh, that I could actually connect to the internet later on, but you couldn't do much with it. And it had, I could like, you know, write up lists and things like that. It, you know, our cell phones take, take care of that now, obviously. But when I had that and I was like, this is the best. Besides landlines and cell phones and what we have today and beepers, we had your good old fashioned snail mail. And I know that when I was younger, I had pen pals. And we actually, I had quite a few. I had one in Australia, I had one in England, and I think I had one that was in Africa as well, but I just don't know exactly which country, I can't remember. But I did have a few, and I really, really, really enjoyed that because we would get pictures of, these, of the people who we were talking to. You can see how the culture was different and how their writing was. Oh, I had one in France too. And just the, the language, it was just really, really cool to have that back and forth. And, uh, and I loved getting letters. I used to write my niece letters. My niece is pretty much the same age as me. I'm like a few months older than her. I know, it's a, li a little odd. We're like cousins more than anything. So I used to write her letters. When we were close for a little while, um, we would ha we would write letters back and forth, and that was this was in like the early '90s, early to mid '90s. So I ca I do actually miss getting letters. I still write on pen and paper. I know a lot of people don't actually. If you have no need for it, like if you don't like at work, I s still need to write things down. But I know that there are other other companies and other people that don't necessarily need to use it. So therefore, like. Even in schools, they are using laptops and iPads and things like that. So it's not less paper goods. I understand that that's good for the environment. We're not cutting down trees. So I'm, I do use recycled paper for some of it. <laughs> I try, but I do love pen to paper. I, I write everything. Even though I have a phone, even though I have a computer, I, I do enjoy just that feeling. And, and, I, and I do miss getting my letters, like I said. When you fast forward a little bit, there was actually online pen pals. You could sign up on AOL. They actually had a uh, service that you could find people to email. So it was like a, a virtual pen pal, which I did for a little while, and then I kind of just went away. For a I, just, I don't know what happened to that. Besides snail mail, it went to email, obviously. And I think even email nowadays, unless you're in a company, Email's kind of getting antiquated. We kind of message each other differently or contact each other differently than even emails. Emails was a huge thing back in the day. And, and you had Hotmail, you had Yahoo. Before Google, you had all these other services, and AOL was like a big one. And the first one I had, I was 16. I still have that email from AOL. <laughs> now it's just all spam, but I, I still have it. And then beyond email, there were like chat rooms that you can go on in AOL Instant Messenger. And there was ICQ. 
and I know that there was a few there was a bunch of other things that you could chat on. And I know it's not necessarily communication, but I don't know if everybody anybody remembers like Live Journal or Dead Journal. I was on Dead Journal because of the emo kid that I was. And you can I actually can still go on there and find my my passages of of emoness. Beyond the emails and things like uh, we went we kind of graduated to social media didn't we so it was MySpace and MySpace granted I had graduated and then it was only a few years I would say like two to three years and then MySpace was out and I'm like everybody's like we can reconnect on there and I'm like I literally just saw you a few years ago this is not reconnecting Let it needs to be like a decade before we're like quote-unquote reconnecting <laughs> But so I saw a couple of people on MySpace and, you know, before it turned into like a music, a music format. And I don't even know. I think you can still go on it. I did lose some pictures. I never backed up the pictures that I had on there, but majority of them were things I had like a hard copy of. And then Facebook. Facebook originally, you can only sign up unless you had a university email, and I didn't, so I didn't get to go on it until 2006, which I had that account up until a few months ago. Somebody hacked it, and I'm just a little bitter about it, so I'm going to mention it here. <laughs> I had to create a whole new Facebook account, and what sucks is that I knew it was happening. I was actually at a, I had to go into um, to have a procedure done at the doctor's, and I got the email that there's been some odd activity. Is this you? And I couldn't do anything until I got out of there. And by that time, it was just too late. And I can't even contact Facebook. It was so I'm, I'm still pissed about it. But it's <laughs> all the pictures I have on that account, I have on my Google Cloud and all that. So it's not as though I've lost pictures. It's just more of like I had that account for a very long time. And it's not like I had any information on there that was vital for that individual to have to take but okay I hope you enjoy especially in the first few years of my life on Facebook it was all all very depressing so I hope you're ready for a very big roller coaster ride if you're going to read through my shit <laughs> so I digress so we had Facebook then Twitter then Instagram and for Snapchat now well that's not even new than TikTok, and I'm sure there's other ones that are out that I've, I'm not even aware of. There's also Discord and Twitch, and um, obviously YouTube, which is you can you can communicate to people that way, but it's it's mainly platform for established YouTubers, or if you're just trying to upload your family vacation so people can view it. I don't know. I don't use it for that. Mainly, what I use YouTube for is to watch crazy videos that people post. So not, not necessarily for me for people to see things on my end. But you never know, maybe I'll start a YouTube channel. Doubtful, but you know. For contacting our relatives, communication has changed so much over the years. And I feel like it's a short span of time that we've had, went from the occasional call on the holidays or birthdays to being able to text uh, very quickly and or have FaceTime or Skype or Zoom or whatever it is that you use now to talk to your relatives, especially if they're long-distance relatives. I know um, 
my son has a family that are over in England because his, his father's British. So most of his, the other half of his family is over there. So Skype was, is continually used uh, to, dis- to talk to them. And they're, what, 33,000 or 3,300, not 33,000, 3,300 miles away. So, you know, otherwise it would have been a very expensive long distance phone call. That's a plus because if you haven't had the means to be able to contact somebody that was at a distance, now we're in a way closer that way, unless you're not close to your family and maybe that's not good. I don't know. (laughs) Um, However, I do find that as much as we think that we're connected to each other and that we have all this great technology that's able to bring us closer together, quote unquote, it really isn't. I feel like we especially on social media, we're all kind of guilty of posting what we want people to see. So all the happy photos, all the vacation photos, all the, like, look what I got photos, or, you know, look where we were able to go with our family. And maybe not <laughs> maybe not in the first three to four years of my Facebook account, I will tell you how it is that my life was shit and I hated it. <laughs> um, but... Uh, now I'll like um, most of my stuff on Facebook now is just promoting my blog or the podcast just because it's like I went the route of look at my kid I I didn't even post that many pictures of my son and it's not that I don't love him it's just more of like you know this is my life I don't need you to see every little freaking detail I'm just gonna you know look at this beautiful sky (laughs) isn't it great or you know, we just got a puppy, look at this, or I'm making cookies, look at the batter, or some stupid, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I've kind of, s- I've kind of done a few little things like that on my Facebook, the new one that I've made, but I'm, I'm kind of pulling back on, on the more personal side of that. It's just more of like, I just look at the cool stuff that I'm making, or at least I think it's cool. You can laugh at me. I don't give a crap. If it's entertaining in some way, please enjoy <laughs> Um, and here you go, and here are the links. Check it out. So I'm kind of using it in that capacity rather than it being like, here's my family, and we're all happy, but really we're not, but I'm only showing you one side of the coin. So, yeah. So I, I really don't, you know, I actually have a love-hate relationship with social media. I, I use it because I know that I can get the word out for things, but I also really hate it because it's just... It's just a soapbox for people who don't otherwise have a voice anywhere else, or they're just too scared to do it in real life. So, and that's all I will say about that. I don't need to talk about like controversial topics, even though I know it's not that controversial. Everybody has an opinion about it, and that's mine. So moving on from the social media stuff, um, I don't know if, I'm sure now, I don't know what kids do nowadays in, in classes, but I know that uh, for communication, because we didn't have uh, cell phones to text each other from across the room, we would uh, fold up notes and have it passed around, or you know, do the little football thing and flick it to the person. I don't know. I never got notes, so I was usually that middle person who ends up having to pass it and then get the you know get in trouble if I get caught by doing it. She's like, "Are you passing notes?" Like, has nothing to do with me because I have no friends. Do not tell me it's my fault. <laughs> So, um, yeah. <laughs> but then, um, again, that's a whole thing about written word. I really don't feel like people do that as much anymore. And uh, it's actually kind of sad because uh, I hear c- uh, 
I say kids, and they are. They're nearly half my age. Ugh. Ugh. Um, I call them kids, but they're really not. They're, they're you know, in their mid to late 20s. And they're telling me that they don't, they can't read cursive writing. And, you know, and, and everything I do, minus the work that I do at work, which is all usually printed, mainly because I want to make sure they understand what I'm saying. And now that I know that half of them can't read cursive writing, um, everything else I do is in cursive. And it's like, they, they're like, it's a, it's like another language or in code. And I'm like, what? And they don't know how to write out checks, although I know checks are kind of becoming obsolete now. They can't even uh, address an envelope. But again, snail mail is kind of out the window or it's just printed online. You don't even have to do anything. It's all done for you. And I feel as though that I know we invented these things so that it can uh, be better so that as the years progress, we try and make it better to the point where we have to do less and less for it. But I also feel like it dumbs us down a little bit. Do we necessarily need to know how to address an envelope 50 years in the future? Probably not. However, if technology decided to shit the bed or we had like a massive issue and we just didn't have it anymore, what would we do? You know, there would only be maybe a few people at that point, if they're not already dead, that would know how to do it. So it's kind of scary to think that. But then again, you know, I'm not trying, you know, I'm not trying to be like a, uh, the preppers that are prepping for the end of the world. But I'm just saying, like, if something was to happen for any length of time and you needed to at least know some basic things like that, I think a lot of the kids nowadays would be screwed, you know. But my opinion my uh, my son knows how to address an envelope and write out a check because that's stuff that you kind of learn and I've taught him that and he knows how to read and write cursive so uh, hopefully he'll be the one that you have to go to maybe he'll be the next world leader <laughs> dear god <laughs> so communication has changed so much these podcasts radio uh this is technically radio, but not, you know, it's, it is radio. You don't, you don't see me. It's, but it's pre-recorded and then placed in. Sometimes they do it live. Radio uh, is kind of like switching over to like the, the Sirius XM or whatever, like, you know, satellite radio. And I don't necessarily, I used to listen to Preston and Steve on MMR every morning for almost a decade when I was going to my other job. And I used to listen to them on and off throughout my my teenage years, but not um, but I haven't listened to it in a while because I have a select I have songs I want to listen to at a specific time. And I used to be like that anyway. I would have my my um, CDs or cassette tapes, whatever it was that I had, that I would make mixtapes for myself that would get me through the day. Like I said in my music of bullies, I. I'm still like that. I still have the same song, like well, not the same songs, but I have my my background music. I think communication has diminished. We don't like to talk on the phones anymore. At least majority of people. I know you see the memes all over the place. It's like if you have something to say, text it to me. There's no need to call. I never liked talking on the phone. Most of the time, I liked to talk face to face if it was something important. 
Now it's just like if it's something just kind of random or offhanded, it would just be a text message. Because unless it's like dire emergency, I shouldn't need to hear from you. And it's kind of sad that way because, you know, we have all of our good friends. And, you know, I think even though you're close and that communication's still there, we're, we're kind of missing out a little bit. I think that intimacy that it used to be like, I know that we would get calls um, on holidays, like Christmas morning we would have, you know, uh, my brothers and sis my brothers and my sister uh, would call and or my aunt and other people would call in the morning to wish us you know happy holidays and stuff like that now it's like a Facebook post <laughs> I just don't find that to be caring or of any consequence it's just uh, uh, it's like having a pre-made stamp and stamping it on a million different things and making it seem like you care it's like happy birthday on Facebook. I say happy birthday to the majority of people because that's how, how I am. But a card would be nice. I love cards. I know not a lot of people do, but, you know, I just don't think that it's as uh, heartfelt as if you were to actually get a call and say, you know, hey, happy birthday or hey, Merry Christmas or happy holidays or whatever. And I just think that communication is lacking in this very communication-oriented world that we live in. Yes, we can get news at a, at a drop of a hat, and you can get it in within a split second of it happening. If J-Lo or Ben Affleck, who are now going out, if they farted, you would know about it right after it left their asses. <laughs> I don't necessarily care, and do we necessarily need it to be that fast? I get it when it's something like war or a horrible bad news unfortunately and we kind of want to know what's going on so we're aware of those things but beyond that we we need to just calm down but at, at, the, sa at the same time kind of come back together like we used to be but I know that's kind of like a a pipe dream for me because we always dream of what we don't have or we always wish it was the way it was when we were younger like my mom would always say how it was when she was younger and now I'm saying how it was when I was younger and I'm sure my son will be the same way so we're always wanting it to be the way it was and in some circumstances I agree like I as you all know I don't I will never want to repeat school I would never want to be the way I was before now because I think I've grown a lot emotionally you know, and everything, physically, <laughs> but it's, you, you, I, I don't know, like, when you're younger, and you have your family, and you're in that lovely, safe bubble, that's what you want, unless you didn't have that, and I'm very, very sorry if you didn't, and I kind of, you know, was actually just writing about something regarding that concept of, of the safe bubble, so that's how I'm, like, getting it as a, uh, a reference, yeah, I miss I miss hearing from people besides the the pre-made rubber stamp that I get on Facebook or whatever social media. I do miss um, hearing people's voices and I do miss seeing people. And as much as I might say otherwise on a normal basis of like, ah, I don't need anybody. I'm fine by myself. Deep down, I'm not. And I think that it's kind of like playing The Sims. 
in the newer version, you could just easily go online and you can get your social bar up. But I think that's, it's not, it doesn't go up as fast as if you were talking to somebody face to face. So I think that's actually kind of a true, it's a true example of what it would be like in real life. Like you're trying to get your, your, um, your time with friends, but getting it through a text or a, uh, a FaceTime session is, is different than if it were like with somebody. Because it's, it's like you get that energy from people. And then there are times you don't want anything to do with people. Believe me, I, when I go out and I hang out with my friends, I'm pretty much beat for the next day. Because it does take out a lot of energy from me. And just because it's like having to be entertained and entertaining and consistently aware of what's, what's being talked about and having a response to that, it's, kind of, it's very mentally draining. <laughs> so I get not wanting to be like that all of the time, but I do, I do like it when we, when, like when I have to go out with my friends, or not have to, when I get, when we all go out, I'm so excited to actually go out with these, with <laughs> whether they're excited, I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. But I enjoy it very much, but I couldn't do it on a daily basis. I would prefer to just it be like it every other weekend like we kind of do. And sometimes, sometimes I would love to have, like if, you know, if I had them on, s you know, speed dial, I'm like, hey, can we just hang out right now? Sometimes, but I know that they're busy and, you know, and sometimes I just, uh, I'll do something else. But I think communication is, there's too much and there's not enough, if that makes sense to you. So I, I can see so much has changed. I can see how it's good uh, to be able to contact somebody at a touch of a button if they're available. But I also see that it also kind of makes it a little less intimate and genuine because I feel like when you're face to face with somebody there's a bit there's a you're a little more open to being vulnerable and when you're behind a screen you think you can do anything because you feel like you have that anonymity or the ability to just click a button and just disappear I don't like that I like to if you're I like that in certain circumstances but not with everything. And I think that we need to be a little bit more face-to-face -face with each other. So, yeah, my opinion doesn't have to be yours. And, uh, you know, whether you agree or you disagree, that's cool. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it was a little bit more uh, opinionated, <laughs> I guess. But that's what this is supposed to be about. Like, it's nostalgia, but also going against what we have now and how much has changed and not all of it is good so you know the good and the bad have to be talked about at least it, like again in my opinion and you know we're all allowed to have our opinions and you can totally disagree with me i i respect that so if you enjoyed this episode please please leave me a comment i would love to hear what you think about these if you think it's crap if you think i should talk about something in, in, in particular I'm very much open to um, suggestions and how I can make it better because that's all I'm trying to do is grow and get better at this so please check out my blog I just posted a new one the other day 
regarding uh, my top five psychological thrillers. I'm trying to do a little bit of a mix-up of, um, you know, thoughtful blog posts and then, like, like top five or lists and things of that sort. Because I very much, like I said in my other previous podcast, I know that I enjoy writing these the blogs probably more than doing the podcast itself because I just love to write. And if I find a, a topic to write about, it helps me. helps me get ideas and um, inspiration for other things that I'm working on. So this is great. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> if, if you're not, I'm sorry. But if uh, I hope that you do at least get some laugh out of this or just uh, something of interest. So please um, comment, like, follow, subscribe, whatever it is that you got to do. You can find these podcasts on my website, GabrielleCataldi.com, along with my blogs. And I will be actually posting on my website. Um, I am working on a short story. And I think I'll actually be finished it. And I'm going to try. Uh, well, not try. I'm going to be copywriting it and self-publishing. So there might be something out there that actually has a published Gabrielle Cataldi piece. <laughs> so... And it's literally a dream of mine. So if I can get this done and, and do it, I will, I'll be celebrating for a very long time. <laughs> it's like, it's my, my crowning achievement, but not even to be popular, it's just, just to be published at this point. So anyhow, so uh, you can also get these podcasts on Spotify, Apple, anywhere, or Google, anywhere you get the uh, podcast. So you don't necessarily have to listen to it through my website. If, you're, if that's how you got to this, you can add it to your Spotify playlist and listen to all my previous uh, eight episodes plus the introduction. So I'll have one more episode after this, and then I'll be done for a little while, give myself a break, because I do have school that I'm doing, doing forensic psychology and readings and drama. So we've been watching a lot of Hamlet, so that's fun. <laughs> um, and I love forensic psychology. That I'm actually really enjoying that, uh, having to read some case studies and how the defendants and all that are like psychologically profiled. It's, it's, it's fascinating. <laughs> but anyhow, I hope you enjoyed and I hope you'll listen to the rest. And again, please um, comment. I'd really love to hear from you and, you know, see who's actually listening. I would love to meet the people who are um, listening and reading or whatever. So I know some of them are probably friends and family, but that's fine. I love you. <laughs> so. Thank you so much, and, uh, and I hope you're enjoying them. So this is Gabrielle signing off for That 80s Child, The Generation Y. Bye. <laughs>